0: Welcome to Higher Ground
1: with Julian King. Yeah, hello,
0: everyone. A slightly intimate first half hour of the program this evening, this Wednesday, 25th of May for 2022. Great to have your company. To those tuning in via the app, well, at the moment anyway, my open line number, 1300-01-1170. The text line number, if you tuned in, 0457-736-736 in this nice little precursor to the A-League Grand Final, 70,000 they've got there at, at a core stadium. Tonight, we're Barcelona are leading the All-Stars 3-2. Pretty entertaining game of football, as you always expect in exhibitions. Uh, Free-flowing, a lot of goals and a chance now to equal... Oh, he's hit the post too. They're playing very well, the All-Stars. They're playing really good football against one of the powerhouses uh, of the global game. Brett Phillips is going to join us for a French op- open update. The Mad Russian will run through the football for me, as well as a bit of agree to disagree. Of course, we've got round 12. Of the National Rugby League that gets underway tomorrow night. Indigenous round this weekend. I tell you what, the artwork on some of those jerseys are really impressive. Really impressive. I've got to say, I like the Bulldogs jersey. I like it a lot. And the press release came out yesterday throughout the week and across all eight Round 12 matches starting tomorrow, 26th, through to Sunday, the 29th. Well, the NRL is challenging fans to learn the land and learn the history through the knowledge and respect for the traditional custodians of the land of which they live and experience the game. There's a really nice footage, too, of uh, Dean Witters, who was on with Matty White this morning, addressing the Parramatta eels, and he just brought them up to speed with the history of the place. And I live in Parramatta. It's funny, you stop and read the signs, and, you know, it has a strong colonial history, Parramatta. Settlers out that way, you know, James Roos, and, you know, some of the oldest, well, it's one of the oldest cities in the entire country. But you stop and you absorb their history. You know, Parramatta derived from the uh, indigenous word, Parramatta, which means where eels lay, where eels lay. And so they entered the competition 1947 and they celebrated that history since their inception, the eels. So it's a really nice bit of footage. Find it if you can. Uh, You know, he's a great ambassador for the sport, is Dean Witters. And no doubt you'll be hearing a lot of Indigenous voices on SEN throughout the course of the weekend. Thursday night, Melbourne Storm and Manly Seagulls. This game at Amy Park. I think Matty White's got the call there. Uh, Strange times for the Storm. Isn't it funny? I mean, they were just, they wiped Gold Coast off the map. Very comprehensive wins. And then all of a sudden they, they dropped two in a row. They haven't done that for a little while. Not only that, 68-12 scoreline against them the past fortnight. Uh, what will help them though is the return of Jerome Hughes. He comes right back from that calf issue, um, of course, Ryan Pappenhausen is out for a bit longer and a blow today. Harry Grant also out. So you imagine Brandon Smith will start at hooker, which he did last week with Harry Grant shifting to half back. That's not going to happen. Jerome Hughes is back so that will certainly fortify the storm. But As he said in his press conference, Craig Bellamy's biggest concern was that there was a real lack of fight and that thumping at the hands of the Cowboys. But you expect them to turn around pretty quickly? Manly though, they got a big issue. They should have beaten Parramatta. 9-2 penalty count. We think Dez is well, no breach notice has been issued, but, you know, sort of hinting that maybe the refs were doing their best to get power back in the game. You can't, look, you know, I understand that referees make mistakes and I'm not against people criticising referees, but you can't sort of intimate that they're cheats. That, that, that is just a just a bridge too far, Desi. A little bridge too far. Of course, no Tom that, uh that dislocated shoulder surgery, five months at least, they think. So what do you do with Manly? Are they gone? Do you still have them as a chance for the eight? Of course, they missed Turbo earlier this year and they managed to string a few wins together by playing Garrick back at fullback. Uh, George DeFil was back the first time in a long time. Good to see him return. Uh, but I'm not sure. Maybe they need to adopt a siege mentality, but Storm, you'd think... Would we'll get back into the winners' circle. 6 p.m. Friday. It's a shame. It's a 6 p.m. Friday game, but uh, we'll have the call here on SEN as well. The Panthers and the Cowboys game of the round. They've been the surprise packet this season, but it is on Penrith's home turf. It's just got a bit of wow factor to it. It's, it's just a shame. It's really disappointing, isn't it, that the cows will be without Jason Taumalala. They're also going to miss their their winger, Kyle Felt. But Penrith are just. They've just Got something at the moment. Because you remember that game last week against the Roosters. So, you know, they they kept pace, the Roosters, for 20, 30 minutes, and then bang, just three tries in 11 minutes. They just got that extra gear. They're too fast. All the bodies in motion. Too fast and too fit. And without JT, I expect them to acquit themselves well, North Queensland, but I tell you what, 6 o'clock on a Friday night in Penrith, the conditions are slightly cooler than what you get at Townsville at any point across the weekend. But you've got two teams with outstanding defence. I think they average less than 11 points a game, conceding less than 11 a game or thereabouts in defence. That is remarkable. Penrith the win. I guess the question is by how much and how well will the Cowboys acquit themselves? That is one to watch. Now, Broncos-Titans, the all Queensland affair. The Titans are dragging the chain when it comes to the Queensland teams at the moment because the two we just mentioned there in the Bronx... And just a moment ago, the North Queensland Cowboys, both of those sides sitting comfortably in the top eight. I've got to say, if you'd asked me at the start of the year, will the Broncos and the Cowboys be in the top eight heading into Indigenous Round, Round 12? I said, you're an idiot. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Strange old game, though, isn't it? Strange old game. Five-game winning streak for the Bronx. And what would have been pleasing for Kevin Walters if they did it last week without Adam Reynolds. He's not a one-man team. I mean, he's taken them to another level by the season. But he's not a one-man team. Ezra Mam, we know Sats has been talking up the prowess of the 19-year-old. Had a pretty good pretty good debut. Two try assists, a line break assists. He'll be better for the run. But Reynolds, it's going to give him one more week uh, after pulling up a bit tight at training. David Fafita, by the way, named on an extended bench for the Titans. They need something, the Titans. They had that win against the Dragons and that... Soggy pitch at Magic Round, but they shouldn't have won the game. Dragons threw that away. I think Brisbane will win this comfortably. They've scored 106 points in three weeks. And the other question there is, you know, if he hasn't played himself into an Origin jersey already, Selwyn Cobo. well, he's pretty close to it. What's he got? What do you reckon? Chalk him up for a double? Mad Russian? Yeah, I think so. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. 3 p.m., on Saturday, Warriors and the Knights, Morton Daly Stadium. Well, they've got a new house pairing. Jay Clifford is back for the Newcastle team. He's going to come back from the three week exile. And he's going to partner Anthony Milford, who, of course, made his Knights debut against the Broncos last week. He's former club. He, look, he looks he, like he's short of match fitness, which is understandable. He's got to lose a couple more kilos. He A couple of nice touches, Milford. He's only 27. You know how good he can be. Remember when he made his origin debut? He was really good. So the kid can play. It's just you know it's few and far between. Since we've seen a, a good performance from Anthony Milford. And I wish him well. Adam clune has been left out of that squad. They need to do something. And Ari Tawala returns at centre. Because Bradman Best is out for a number of weeks with that, that elbow injury. And then Chanel Harris-Tavita. Now he's the man who said, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up the boots. Oh, falling out of love with the gay. Wants to apparently he does travel writing. Good on him. Good on him. He just came back from a, a testicle injury. Makes every man wince. But maybe, maybe because now that he's made that decision, he can play with freedom. He doesn't worry. He's just go. I'm just gonna enjoy the rest of the year. We'll wait and see. Warriors, I think, should be too good. I'm just leaning to them. I don't know why. I'm just leaning to the Warriors. I've got no faith in either team, but I just don't have much faith in Newcastle at the moment. A lot of mixing and matching. I'm going the Warriors, although I'll probably put the mock on them now because every time you tip the Warriors, they lose. And every time you don't tip them, they win. It's a funny thing about the New Zealand side. 530, of course, Stadium. This is another one that I think is going to go down to the wire because South Sydney have not been in great form. The problem with Souths is that they just concede too many points. And what was fascinating, they were all over the Warriors. was a game of two halves, as they say in the classics. They were all over the Warriors, and then New Zealand bounced back. There's a correlation there between their completion rate and how they get rolled over. When they complete at a high level, Souths, they're very competitive. All their losses have been from really low completion rates, which is a problem. I think this will be close. What's big? What is big for the Tigers is the return of Dane Laurie and Luke Brooks, but Dane Laurie in particular at the back. And a lot of people didn't know this. Cody Walker is Dane Laurie's uncle. And there's a bit of talk Cam Murray might return, and not a moment too soon. That's the other thing for South's. Once Murray and, and Luttrell return, well, then you've got a handy football team. I don't know how this one goes. I'll go Souths, not with any great confidence. And if the Tigers win, it wouldn't surprise me. And I don't know if you came across Michael Chambers' article in the Sydney Morning Herald on Monday. And there was a bit of a stay of execution, I guess you could say, for Michael McGuire after those unlikely victories back-to-back. But they wanted the Tigers to be in double points heading into the bye. They're on eight at the moment. And they need to get one more win. They need to get one more win, the Tigers. Who will that be against So it's a desperate one now for Michael Maguire and all involved at the West Tigers. But if they're going to win one, they've got a really good chance on Saturday night at Core Stadium. Uh, This will be a beauty as well. Points Bed Stadium, 7.35 Saturday. The Sharkies and the Roosters. Now, Will Kennedy will return at fullback. Uh, It's a shame that we won't see Lachlan Miller again at fullback. He was impressive on debut. That nice little dry, good footwork. He ran for over 250 metres. The former Australian Rugby Sevens representative and the Roosters, people thought that maybe they were just coming back, the Roosters, they they're beating the Eels. And Penrith put them back in their box pretty quickly. It showed just at the moment the gulf between them and the top couple of sides. They'll be in the eight. There's too much class in that roster for them not to be in the eight. But how deep will they go? Because there was a gap in class against Penrith. This could go either way. The Sharks have been impressive maybe just dropped off, and nobody saw that loss to Canberra coming. But, look, I'll lean towards the Roosters in this one. going the Roosters. I don't think they'll win by much, but I think they might just get over the line. Then, 2 o'clock Sunday, Canterbury Bulldogs and Georgia Lawora Dragons. Now, this will be interesting, because I've got to jump in the chair for crunch time on Sunday with Steve O'Keefe and Jay's Magnuson. Now, Missile's a Mad Dogs fan. For those listeners out there, they'd know that I'm a Mad Dragons fan, so... Two o'clock. we at until three, so I reckon that last hour might get a little bit testy. I can't bait him too much. I mean, I've got about ten years on the missile in age, but I mean, he's fighting fit, <laughs> fresh meat. This It's you know what? It's one of these games where you just get scared about. Like you know, it's it's, it's at Belmore, the spiritual home. Another week under Mick Potter. They were poor last week. What do they have, the Bulldogs? What do they have? Josh had a car, of course, he comes back after missing last round with a bout of the flu. But they got major discipline problems at the moment. Dragons, they had that much needed win against the Warriors. Cody Ramsey was great at fullback. There's a bit of an article doing the rounds. I think the mole. Tony Adams had this in Wide World of Sports saying Tyrell Sloan is considering his future, and he may want to leave early because Hook gave him a spray and his confidence is down. I all Well, he's just got to suck it up. He's just got to suck it up, Tyrell Sloan. Cody was great. Lomax, I thought, was good. But you couldn't possibly tip the Bulldogs with any confidence at the moment. Surely not. The Dragons are win. I'll go Dragons by 10. I'll go Dragons by 10. And then 4 o'clock on the Sunday, 4.05, to be exact. The Raiders and the Eels. Another good one. Considering the recent form of the Raiders, where has that been all year? Where has that been all of a sudden? Guess what? Helps when you show up for the second half. They've been really good, Canberra, and big for them the return of Jamal Fogarty because uh, they'd trained all pre-season basing their game around a halfback, and they lost him. So he's come back, and we're not saying that he should save Canberra season because they've sort of they've started to write that chip, but he will fill that Raiders number seven jersey for the first time. It's a three-match winning streak for Canberra. Jarrod Croker he was hoping to return but hasn't quite recovered from that shoulder injury. You just wonder what the future holds now for the Canberra legend. Uh, Xavier Savage showed some nice touches last week. He's going to earn his first start at fullback in more than 10 months. Uh, Charles Nickel Cookstar has been ruled out with a hamstring injury, but a couple of big ins too for Parramatta. Uh, Wonga Blake makes his comeback from a knee injury. A couple of holes, haven't they? Remember they moved Dylan Brown to the centres? And Micah Sevo been included on the extended bench. If they want to win the comp, they need Sivo on their side. They need Sivo on their side, Parramatta. Looking kick returner there on the wing. Let's ease him back into it. He played some New South Wales Cup, got through it okay. Uh, this could go anywhere. Canberra, Parramatta. Oh, gee, I, I have a feeling the Raiders. Still a bit streaky, aren't they, the Eels? I have a feeling the Raiders might just get home by virtue of playing at their home ground. A 736 736. I'll get to your text messages in a moment. French Open will catch up with BP. Brett Phillips is all over this. Uh, tournament Now, Alex Dimonor, unfortunately, he lost, and he got a bit angry too. And you know, Some people might say, well, come on, like you know what the Aussie crowds are like. Did you see the crowds when Kyrgios and Kokonakis were playing? He's a bit shattered. He went down five sets. He's a fighter of nothing else, demonor But he lost to the local Hugo Gaston. Hugo Gaston, 4-6, 6-2, 6-3, love six... So he's won the fourth set, love six love, Demon. And then he's lost the fifth in a tiebreaker, 10-4. He's only 21, he's guest on, so a couple of young players. And look, he just said, look, there's a difference between a great atmosphere and supporting your fellow countrymen, which is completely fine. It's great, and I'm sure for him it's an, an atmosphere, but he thought there was a line that was crossed. So his shock exit for Demonore, He was the 19th seed. John Millman as well, lost. Jason Kubler is on court at the moment. I'll just see if I can get an update there. For Jason Kubler, yeah, he's playing the 10th seed, Cam Norrie. He's dropped that first set, 6-3, and it's on serve 4-4 in the second. Good clay court player too, Jason Kubler. Melman went down to Sebastian Quarter 6-1, 7-5, 7-6. He had a bit to say afterwards with regards to this Wimbledon decision to ban Russian and Belarusian players. Oh, Isla Tomlanovic and Dario Saville, they've made it past the first round too, so they are the country's top two women, of course in the retirement, with the retirement of Ash Barty. Yeah, just back to John Millman. Uh He's a player council representative for the ATP Men's Tour. And he said that the decision to ban these players is discrimination. He said the council was not even consulted until the unilateral decision was made. And he said the Russian Belarusian players weren't even asked if they would sign an anti-war declaration prior to the decision being made and the move goes against what tennis is about. I'm with him here. I think it's an outrageous decision by Wimbledon. It is discrimination. You've got to consider them sole traders because guess what? There are still Russian sole traders in England that are allowed to work. It is farcical. So fine, let them play as individuals. Don't put the flag next to them. You can't ban them. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Billman said there was an opportunity to have the Russians and Belarusians play. Two options. Recommendations, not even laws given by the UK government. Sign a declaration be able to play and the other to ban them. So they just banned them. But even, I think it's problematic to say, promise you, you know, you sign a declaration to say disagree with the war. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. They've come out early, said so we want peace. Pavlochenkova was forceful in her commentary about it. Rublev. You know, we had a Russian and Ukrainian partner in doubles and say this is what it's about. Does that sound like somebody that is tacitly endorsing the war? I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so. 0457-736-736 is the text line number. It has gone full time. Full-time, and it is 3-2. 3-2, well done, Barcelona. It's still, it tripped me out. There's two Adama Traores. <laughs> and I thought, is, is that an, old, an own goal? I, I looked at the second goal. I did not did a Clippy's boot in defence, but what's he doing back there? He's, he plays up the forward line. There's two Adama Traores. <laughs> and they both got on the scoreboard. For the All-Stars, goals in the 47th minute to Piscopo, and as I mentioned, 53rd to Traore, and for Barcelona. Uh, The great Dembele, 34th minute there. Treor in the 72nd and then Fati in the 77th minute. So five goals. So well done to the 70,174 that showed up at a core stadium tonight. Now you've got a five goal extravaganza and you've got to see the great Barcelona side playing. Up and running on, a, as I said, an intimate first half hour on the program. You're listening to High Ground. We mentioned here the Brisbane Broncos, five in a row. Vossi and Brandy tomorrow. They're going to be joined by Kevy Walters, the coach of the Broncos. He's a really good man, Kevy, Isn't it funny? We're so quick. We are so quick to sack coaches in this business. Like Todd Payton. They go, oh, worst defence. Get rid of him. He's only there for not even a full year, was he? And now he's turned them around. His defence is brilliant. Kevy Walters. He's not cut out. And all of a sudden, five in a row, they're looking at making the eight. Ricky Stewart has runs on the board. They lose a few. Sack Ricky. They're just so quick to pump up their tyres or sack them. No one has time anymore. No one has time anymore. In the NBA today, uh, the Mavericks, they got their first win over Golden State. Golden State lead that final Series 3-1. Of course, all the talk beforehand, and I'll play the audio for you if you haven't heard it already. It's rousing stuff. It's moving stuff by the coach of the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr, after this horrendous shooting. Texas today, where initially they said 14, I think 19 kids, and the teacher dead now. And it hit home for Steve Kerr, who lost his own father to gun violence. And you know, I urge anybody, if you've only listened to one piece of audio today, uh, listen to what Steve Kerr had to say. It's just, it, it's moving, it's emotive, it's poignant, it's real, it's all of those things. It's all of those things. Basketball doesn't matter. And you can see the passion. You can hear the, the anger in his voice too. And I think he speaks for a lot of us. And we're not American, but we just, you know, here in this country, we just, uh, we struggle to wrap our heads around this prevailing gun culture that they have and that somehow they value the right to carry a gun as, you know, greater than the right for a child to be able to go to school without getting shot. And they're right to life. Stunning stuff. Stunning stuff. Just recapping, uh, A-League All-Stars, Barcelona. A good entertaining game of footy. Just, if you missed it before the break, 3-2 Barcelona have won that match. 3-2. And, of course, a nice little, I guess, entree or hors d'oeuvre to the main course, which is the A-League final coming up this weekend. All Melbourne Affair. But it doesn't feature Melbourne Victory. Western United surprised a few, but I have a feeling Melbourne City might go back-to-back. Back. I'll get the Mad Russians' views on that as well. Julian King with you. Great to have your company this Wednesday night. You're listening to High Ground. Julian King with you, Higher Ground. Great to have your company. Welcome as well to those joining us for the first time tonight via 1170 Sydney, 1620 on the Gold Coast, SENQ, and of course those that join me from 10am this evening via the SEN app. Of course, we've just wrapped up live coverage Barcelona. Barcelona v the A-League All-Stars. Looks like a pretty good night out there. 70,174 people at all course, Stadium. So congratulations for showing up. You know, it's funny. Uh, I've read, uh, think about football in this country. They know how to cannibalise themselves more than any other football code I know. And so they're co- complaining about the, the low ratings and the low crowds at A-League Games. Of course, you've got the grand final coming up this weekend between Western United and Melbourne City. I go, oh, well, yeah, Barcelona's here playing a big exhibition game. Don't you think that's taking the gloss off the final? Shouldn't be the, the focus be on the A-League grand final? You've got one of the greatest clubs of all time, one of the top three or four biggest clubs on the planet, that have come down under. And it puts a spotlight in your game. You've got 70,174 people against the best of the best of the A-League. And people want to complain about the scheduling? I mean, are you kidding me? Beggars can't be choosers. It was a great night out. Five goals, 3-2 in the end of Barcelona. And they had the lead at the second half too at one point, the All-Stars. And I'm still, my mind is still blown that there's two Adama race. I remember thinking the same thing when there were two Sioni Catoas in the National Rugby League, one for Penrith, one for Chris. Two, hang on, two Sione Catoas. There's two Adama race. And guess what? They both got on the scoreboard. So Dembele opened the account in the 34th minute and it was 1-0 at the interval. Then straight after half-time, a goal, an equaliser to Renault Piscopo, the 47th. And then the All-Stars out of Arma Got them out to a 2-1 lead in the 53rd. And then the Rai pass from the Barcelona. Arma Aure, 72nd minute. Uh, It was a good goal. Actually, Redmayne got his hands to it, but he just thundered it so hard he couldn't sort of keep it out and just trickled in, made it 2-2, and then Fati in the 77th minute scored the winner. So uh, a good night out. You know, I'm not normally a big fan of these exhibition games, generally speaking, but we got to see some football. And if you rock up, you see Barcelona, you see five goals, and that's not a bad night out. That is not a bad night out. If you were there, if you're coming home, you're in the car, give me a call. On the open line, one 300 1170 Tell me what your experience was like. Do you like these sorts of games? So, anyone driving home from the football tonight? You've jumped in the car, flicking on 1170 if you're in Sydney. Uh, how was it? How was it? Was it everything you expected? I saw United play because I am a Man United fan. And they came out here and got to see Van Persie score, which was lovely. But were you a Barcelona fan or you just wanted to see them play because they're a big club? And I'll ask you a follow-up question too. As a football fan, do you think this sort of thing could be a more permanent fixer if it can be arranged in the week leading up to the A-League Grand Final just to get football back in the conversation and back into the consciousness? Because if you're getting 70,000, some are diehards, but are some curious fans, some fair-weather fans, I dare say. But people are talking about your game. People are focusing on your game. Use that momentum. Use that momentum heading into the grand final. So well done to Dwight York. Had no coaching pedigree, Dwight York. But we know he's going to take over the reins at MacArthur FC. And I tell you what, judging by the football they played tonight, it may well be it may well be an inspired appointment from the man who was the very first marquee player in the A-League. As I mentioned, that open line number, 1300-01-1170, and the text line, 0457 736 736. Brett Phillips will draw me a bit later for a French Open update. No luck for Alex Demon or he went down in a five-setter to one of the locals. Or Johnny Millman, who's had a bit to say, he's teed off. Teed off on the fact that the Russians and the Belarusians can't play at Wimbledon. You know what? He's right. He's absolutely right, John Millman. Uh, Jason Kubler. Currently in action. He's struggling, though, against the 10th seed, Brit Cam Norrie. He's down two sets to Love Kubler, 6-3, Having said that, he is up a break, though, in the third set. So he currently leads 2-0 in that third set. And so, as I said, I'll catch up with Britt Phillips with the latest there from Roland Garros, 70,174. Gee, it's good. It's really good. Of course, as we look ahead to round 12 of the National Rugby League Indigenous Round, back to move forward in 2022. We'll just run through some of the key matchups tomorrow night. Matty White's got the call. Melbourne and Manly of course they played a couple of back-to-back grand finals, these two teams. Very rare the Storm dropped two in a row considering the form they were showing the week before. I, I remember that game that they were playing against the Dragons. Some of the tries in that second half were just breathtaking. And I said to myself well, people are talking about Penrith Gee, and Melbourne in this form. They can't be beaten. They've gone into a drop two in a row, Melbourne. Not only that, a combined 68-12 to scoreline against them in the past fortnight. Big ins, though, for the Storm. Jerome Hughes is back. That is huge. The problem, though, they've lost Harry Grant. They've Lost Harry Grant, of course. Uh, Bellamy experimented with the Queensland hooker starting at half back last week. That didn't work. But Harry's out. Hughes is back. They're a stronger side with Hughes back at seven. No question. The problem for Manly, no Tom Treboivich. And I wonder how burnt they'll be after that controversial loss to Parramatta, which they, they should have won the game. They did get rorted, no doubt. 9-2, lopsided penalty count. But maybe they adopt some kind of siege mentality. We should have won. Now, no turbo, what are we got to do? What have we got? Everybody's going to write us off. They're saying, yeah, Manly can't make the eight. No, Trebojevic. is gone for at least five months with that shoulder dislocation. He's a smart man, Des. I'll be curious to see how they bounce back. Josh Aloy, teed off too, didn't he? He really teed off. And Des did as well. Could be in a spot of bother. Uh, I can't go past the storm in this one. Can't go past the storm. The C, then on the Friday night, the 6 o'clock game. Disappointing is not later. Game of the round, the Panthers and the Cowboys. Uh, it's a shame that the Cowboys will not feature Jason Tamalolo and to a slightly lesser extent, Kyle Felt. Two best defensive sides in the comp, which just is remarkable because they were the worst defensive team last year in North Queensland. Toddy Payton's done a great job turning them around. Not not only are they defending well, but they're playing really attractive football. But conditions are very different. It gets a bit chilly out there, Penrith. Friday night, 6 o'clock, Blue Stadium. And you expect Penrith to be too good. I see Jermaine Hopgood's going to go to the Eels as well. It's good signing for Parramatta. They're, They're just too fast, too dynamic. I thought the Chookies had give them a better run than they did. If they're doing that, just bang, Louis was class three tries in 11 minutes. To the Roosters, I think that can do it to the Cowboys as well. I think they'll they'll get home by at least two converted tries. That's my tip. Broncos, Titans, big brother, little brother. Five in a row for the Bronx. And what will impress their fans and impress coach Kevie Walters is on with Bossy and Brandy tomorrow morning, by the way. Is that they've done it well last week without Adam Reynolds? They showed they can win without their marquee signing, and he's not there again this week, Adam Reynolds. Ezra man. he'll be more confident after a pretty good showing in his debut. For Gold Coast, David Fifito has been named on an extended bench. They need something. They need something to, go to Gold Coast. And you expect Brisbane to win this pretty comfortably. How many, how many are you banking for Cobo? Two? One? Three? How many? I heard Gerald Yaowie actually talking to Sugar and Fletch on the run home today. He doesn't have Cobo in his Queensland team. That surprises me. He's he's got Corey Oates. He's just going for a bit of experience. He's got Xavier Coates Corey Oates. Anyway, I'd love to see him play Cobo. He strikes me as the sort of guy that, despite only playing, what, twenty odd games, that can make the step up. That is not phased by the step up to origin. He just looks like he enjoys his footy. Really good young player and great to watch. Warriors, nice. Pfft, stinker. I can safely say I will not be watching this game. 3 p.m. Saturday, Morton Daly Stadium. Uh, Clifford and Milford are the new halves pairing for the night. Clifford returns from a three-week exile. Anthony Milford, well, he's got 180 minute stint under his belt. He's not quite match fit. He had a couple of all right touches, but he looked out of touch at the same time at various parts of that game in that loss to the Broncos last week. So no Adam Kloon. and Best, of course, one of their strikes out back. Uh, he suffered a dislocated elbow, so he's out. Anari Tawala returns. Chanel Harris-Tavita. I'll be interested to see he goes this week after his announcement that he's going to hang up the boots. He's only 23. I hope he's not lost to the game. He's a good player. But maybe he'll just say, you know what, I'm just going to go out and play like I'm a kid again and just have fun. This will be really close. I'm very reluctantly, with no great confidence, I might add, reluctantly tipping the Warriors in this one. But you know what? I've been wrong before. Mad Russian. Dare I say I'll be wrong again. Another a really close game. This will be a good watch too. South Sydney West Tigers. Big ins for the Tigers. Dane Laurie, Luke Brooks return. That is huge. Desperation for Michael Maguire. If you believe the article in the Sydney Morning Herald, he needs at least another win to get the double points before the bye round. So they've got to get their skates on the Tigers. South Sydney leaking far too many points. Far too many points. There's a talk that Cam Murray might return. It'll make a huge difference to that side. Freddie Fitler would just like him to get a game under his belt, wouldn't he? I think it'll go close. Just like it did in round seven. Pretty close in the end. But I've got Souths. I just got South shading them, but stranger things have happened. Another good game too. 7.35pm uh, Saturday night at Pointsbed Stadium. Cronulla Sharks, Sydney Roosters. Uh, Lachlan Miller, he was so good, wasn't he? But Will Kennedy does return, so he'll reclaim that number one jersey there at fullback. He's good, Locky Miller. Really good. And I love the stories about people that debut late, and I know he had a career with rugby sevens. He's 27. You can see what fits he saw at him. He's got beautiful footwork. Kid can run. Over 260 run metres. Very, very good. They look much better, of course, than Nico Hines back in his usual spot. At number seven. Oh, I don't know. What do you make of the Chookies at the moment? They show glimpses of class, but they're just not putting 80 minutes on the park at the moment. That's a problem I have with the Roosters. Oh, I think they'll get them, though. I think they'll get them. The Sharks just clinging to that top four at the moment, just five points differential, and they're desperate to get back. on. Oh, no, they won Cronulla. That, that lost Canberra against Canberra, I think, would have rattled them. And they just want to start to string a few more together. Now, Dogs and the Dragons, 2 p.m. Sunday. I'm going to be on air on Sunday with Crunch Time alongside Sockey. Steve O'Keefe and Jace Magnus. And Now, the Missiles are cannery, man. I'm a Bulldogs... Uh, bulldogs. Fraudian slip. <laughs> Maybe it's the Mick Potter effect because he did win a deli in with both clubs, including my beloved Dragons. So I might get a bit testing the studio for the final hour of Crunch Time on Sunday. Be uh, one half of football and a little bit into it by then. Belmore Sports Ground. I mean I'm just nervous. I'm a Dragons fan, I'm nervous. I shouldn't be because if you've watched the Bulldogs play this year, I mean they couldn't beat time with a stick, honestly. And I was expecting bounce back factor against the Tigers, and they were better in the second half, but my goodness, Eristro. You thought these guys wouldn't beat Mounties the way they're playing. But another week under Mick Potter. Maybe Gus has given him a little rousing rev up. I don't know. Cody Ramsey was great for St. George of Law. A bit of talk about Tyrell Sloan being upset at his treatment. I said, mate, work harder. You're 19, you've got all the talent in the world. Work harder. Cop the bait and do what you need to do to get back to first grade. Stop silking. Lomax was good too. Dragons, he couldn't possibly tip against them, could you? I noticed some people are waiting for the Bulldog siege to happen. Please let them be wrong. And this will be a good game, too. Some really good matchups too, for Indigenous round. The jerseys look magnificent. The Raiders and the Eels, 4.05 p.m. Sunday, GIO Stadium. Jamal Fogarty, this is the big in, too. And it would have really thrown the Raiders off course. And it was a slow start of the season because it was the high-profile recruit from the Titans, Jamal Fogarty. And now it's his return after injury. Jared Croker, unfortunately, hasn't recovered from the shoulder injury. I think question marks too now over the immediate future of Jared Croker, the Raiders legend. Xavier Savage, uh, good on him too. He's got to earn his first start at fullback in more than 10 months. Charles Nickel clockster has been ruled out with a hamstring injury. A couple of big ins too as well for the Eels. Wonga Blake makes his comeback from a knee injury. And Micah Sivo, good to see the big Fijian back included on the extended bench Canberra been good, looking for three in a row. Of course, the Eels be the best. You'd think of their opponents in the last few weeks. This is a real test for them. You know what? I'm going to go Canberra at home with not a great deal of confidence. I'm going to go Canberra at home. Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, the French Open, Demon, I went down in five to Hugo Gaston. Not impressed with the behaviour of the crowd, I've got to say. I just thought they crossed a the line. And, and, and he did say, look, I understand that people might level the same critique at us Australians and the behaviour of some of the fans at the Australian Open, which, as you know, has been somewhat boorish. 466263, love 676. He went down. Demon, is the 19th seed. Ida Tomjanovic is through. Darius Saville as well. John Millman went down to American Sebastian Corder. 617576. So he's gone, Millman. He's very forthright too, in his opinions on Wimbled- Wimbledon's decision to ban the Russian and Belarusian play. Just an update too from the French Open. Yeah, he's still up that break. Jason Kubler against the 10th seed Cam Norrie in the third set. Having said that, it's 15-40 on his serve. So it looks like Norrie's about to break back. So Norrie won the first two sets, 6-3, 6-4. It, it is 3-1 to Kubler in the serve. So he does have the break. Although Norrie currently has two break points on Kubler's serve. So we'll keep you across that. And as I mentioned, we'll catch up with Brett Phillips too, our tennis expert here, also working with the Nine Network. We'll speak to BP in about 15 minutes time in the program. The latest from Roland Garros. Now, uh, you would have seen by now or heard by now what Steve Kerr had to say in the lead up to game four between the Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. Uh, I'll play that for you shortly in the program. It was moving stuff after that just dreadful and frightening news of what happened to all those texas school children this morning the mavericks got their first win they still trail 3 one but they defeated the golden state warriors 119 to 109 and just recapping earlier tonight it was barcelona three <laughs> over the a-league all-stars 2 you're on high ground Hope this Wednesday evening finds you well. If you're in the car driving back from a core stadium tonight, uh, how's the experience? 70,174 to see Barcelona take on the A-League All-Stars 3-2. Looks like a pretty entertaining game of footy. Uh, just before we get to your calls, I mean, Matt Lodge shows up, Brisbane Club Rugby, plays for Norths seconds, does well against Bond University, gets a promotion of first. And we read today that the Warriors paid him 700 grand. He's quit the club. He's not playing footy anywhere, seven hundred thousand dollars. I want to be on that wicket. I don't know what's going on there. I think Paul Kent said on three sixty he's right because it doesn't make sense. You know, something has happened to make the Warriors feel obligated to release him and pay him out. And then, you know, Cameron George, the CEO, is hiding behind confidentiality clauses. But you seven hundred thousand for him not to play? My goodness. One three hundred zero one eleven seventy. Hello, Bondi Jack.
2: Jill, can you hear me all right with this uh, speaker on? Yeah, mate, Crystal. Oh, beautiful. Julian, what are we going to do mm. about what happened to Manly on Friday night? No. What are we going to do with this game? This is a billion-dollar game. Yeah.
0: Oh, what can you do? There's only so many referees to go around. What do You do? You can drop them. Eventually, they'll get picked again. You know, was that shot by, um, you know, who was the winger? Was it Dunster? Uh, um, they got hit high to touch. Was it a penalty? Probably. Yeah, was it a sin bid? No, it ruled, wasn't. It was slipping. ruled on yeah. field.
2: Ruled on field by the referee mm. as a legal tackle. Yeah. Now I understand. My understanding is that if something can't be fully proven to be overturned, oh. then you go with the on-field official.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's the whole it's point, Julian. right? It's, the idea is that the ref makes the decision, and if you're not entirely sure, then you go back to the ref because they get primacy. It was Ben Cummins on that Friday night, yes.
2: Now, Julian, mm. something happened in that same moment when that same couple of minutes before Manley got robbed blind, The kick in goal before that set, about three minutes left. Nathan Brown is a metre and a half in front of, I think it was Dylan Brown, the kicker. Mm. And Ashley Klein in the bunker reviewed whether Nathan Brown had touched the ball in goal when he was tackling the Manly player, which gave them the reset, which which won the game. Yeah. I saw it at the time. He's right next to the kicker. He's a metre and a half offside, and Ben Cummins is about seven metres away from him. Not one person in Sydney have I heard say a word about that situation, and that cost me that match. Yeah. And those nine penalties in a row, it's just these guys are refereeing one side. Mm. That's what they do. They're watching one side and they do it to Canterbury and the Titans and you know my attitude on my team, you know what I've said I've, <laughs>
0: yes. I've
2: documented to you, yes. you know about the whole thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Look, Bondi Jack, I don't particularly want to get into a, a deep debate about referees favouring sides. I mean, they've been making mistakes. I mean, I'm a Dragons fan that won the 63 grand final when Darcy Lorna had some had some moolah on it. Uh, suffice to say, I don't think the standard's been great this year. But I tell you what, you know, we don't have a game without referees. Bondi Jack, uh, always good to get correspondence. mate. I've got to rock and roll because I've got to get to a break shortly and, and then Brett... Phillips, but before that, I'll bring in the mad Russian for the first time this evening. Hello, Mulgy. Nice to
3: be with you again, Jules. What do you
0: make of this All-Stars game, 3-2? I know you're a world game fella.
3: Well, first of all, fantastic performance by a side that trained together twice Mm. um, under a coach who has never coached professionally. So that's the first thing I'd like to say about it. The second thing is that it's a terrific little lead-in to what should be a superb grand final on Saturday. And if you're listening on the app from Melbourne or... You've got a whole lot of money and a lot of time. Go fly down there, mm. get to Amy Park, and watch what should be a really good game of football and another really good advertisement for our league, which has struggled this year.
0: Uh, or just on that, are they half a chance, Western United? I think they are. They're more than half a chance, sure. Yeah. Okay.
3: The the way they set up to play against City is, is perfect. They'll try and do the same thing they did to the victory in the second leg and the first leg, which nearly paid off for them, Uh, they're they're a really good chance. John Aloisi's a a very good operator. He's done his time. Unlike Dwight York, he has been through a few jobs, and he has said this week that he felt very lucky.
0: Johnny, so he started at at the Raw, I think. Was that his first
3: gig? So his first gig was actually at Melbourne Heart. Oh, yes. While they were still the Heart. Yes, yes, Uh, yes. That did not go so well. He had a, a difficult time at Raw, but... Made a couple of final series mm. um, and did pretty well in a club that has not been run very well. Yeah. There's been no coach to come in after him that's been able to outperform him. And now that he does have the infrastructure around him and the leadership at Western United, uh, he's done a really good job. He's brought in players that fit the league and fit the salary cap. He's, he's to be commended for taking that side to the grand final. And I think they're a really good chance to, to win it all, just the way they set up and they play.
0: What I love about Johnny, because he was the man that slotted the penalty in yes. 2005. I was there that day, November 16, 2005. i just come back from England actually not that long ago. Hmm. I have forgot the shirt that was embroidered of the date as yeah, well. fantastic. You know, which is great. Because a bloke that I was working at... That'd Ringlemore, be worth a bit, that. I don't know. I always want to get Johnny to sign it because 15 is my number, right? And he's wearing the 15. Uh, I was working at Warringham all at the time. A bloke next to me, um, who writes a bit of footy actually for like John Greco is his name. And he went and they got these limited edition Nike Socceroo shirts with the mm. Australia versus Uruguay World Cup qualified number Terrific. in 2005. Yes. You know, they brought it. So yes. they're re- and there are only like one run of them. So he goes, mate, I've got these. So put mine aside put aside one for my mate so you know when you've only got like size small and extra small that actually ever make the floor and i've got that and, and of all the soccer games i've been to over the years i think i might have seen one other person wear one and everyone goes oh they always comment on they're it. they're great jerseys. yeah it's really really good oh mate you're agreeing with me on that we've got to do this agree to disagree so let's queue up our little thing here we go. The I've finger a thing
3: means to taxes.
0: Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. All right. I'm, I'm ready. I'm
3: ready okay. for whatever you got for me tonight. Number one, pretty simple. Yes. Uh, Queensland will win State of Origin. Agreed. Agree. Wow, yeah. very quick too. I wasn't Disclaimer, expecting that. Disclaimer:
0: I'm a Queensland origin supporter, even <sighs> though I'm re- resident. Surely. Look, it's a long it's a long story. Surely. I was from Darwin, neutral Territory. I really did like it too. You know what? It's uh, this is how the easiest way to explain it. It's like going for a team rather than going for a state. You know, it's interesting. Uh, so. A lot of the indigenous players, right? Mm. So even though the New South Wales indigenous players, they'll be wearing Queensland. Like, sorry, fans. A lot of yes. them wearing Queensland jerseys. Yes, and they go. How come you? But you're from New South Wales. And we don't identify with the state. We identify with mm. our brothers. Yep. So if you see Thurston and Inglis and yep. or Justin Hodges and you know all these sorts of guys playing, go no. This this is my team. This is Arty. my team. You can go all the way back. To yeah, Arty yeah, yeah. That, so that you? that's in. So it's it's like going for a team rather right. than a state. So think of it like that. Okay. Yeah,
3: I can't accept it, but you've made yourself T-Yots. sound better. So this is going uh, to be a good contest. Okay. That no, no backlight is looking good for those It'll be better than last year, which is yes. saying something. Uh. Number two, Cody Ramsey over Torrell Sloan.
0: Uh, what, for this week or forever? Or? Forever. I think forever Sloan forever. is a better fullback okay. option. So d- disagree. Disagree. Okay. Having said that, I've got no issue with Cody being picked at the moment while Tyrell works in elements of his game. I thought he played very, very well he was magnificent. on the weekend. He was great. He was great.
3: Justified the faith shown in him mm. by Anthony Griffin. Okay. The A-League All-Stars has made you want to watch the
0: A-League Grand Final. Uh, look, for me personally, no. But I reckon it would make others watch it. Right. Yeah, because I kind of, you know, it's the great you final. You've got off. to yep. kind of be across it for yep. work as yep. well. So I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested. Yep. I'm interested. Um, so for me, no, disagree. Do you, know,
3: I, do you know where it'll be on, on Saturday night? Could you tell me the channel off the top of your head?
0: What well, is it not on Channel 10's main channel? Well,
3: so I've given her away with the question. But no, it's not on their main channel on Saturday night. Well, that's
0: ridiculous. Hmm going can have a grand final. I not, believe. I thought they I would have
3: one... I, I'll double check that. Don't don't hold me to that. But I know they'd move tonight's game, and there was a very good chance that they'd be moving Saturday night. So do a to a digital channel or, to, or just no, exclusively Paramount. Okay, the so same it's on free to air. Yeah, it's right. still on free to air, but okay, on a good. secondary channel.
0: Yep. Yeah, okay. Because I thought for a moment, geez, it exclusively on Paramount Plus. or well, yeah. that's a problem.
3: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dessert themed Snickers over Mars bars.
0: You know what? This is so tough because I flip flop sometimes. You like the nutty fla oh, Yeah, agree. Yeah, okay. yeah. I sh- just shading. I'm a hard. Shading. You know, Snickers 20 fan. years ago, I was probably a Mars bar kind of guy. Cold. Snickers, you can't In have cold because they're too hard. But yeah. Mars bars, can't stop it. Mm. Yeah,
3: that's a good point. Have you had the uh, Snickers ice cream? Yes. Yes, Please. They, they get a very good work. You know, out years
0: ago, so Mars bars are actually smaller. Out. And I, used is that to- right? I-, I don't know if you do this. I know a few people have done this. I used to buy. Chocolate bars, according to the grams. So say you might they all be two bucks. Well, Mars bars, 55 grams. The <laughs> flake's only 40 grams. So you're getting 15 more grams. So this is much oh, better that's value. Penny pinchy. Uh, but now Mars bars are no longer Goodness 55. Break. I think they've just just brought them down a bit. So yep, Snickers agree. Okay, final one. Mm. So we've gone 50-50
3: here, I think. Okay. And then number 52. five. Yep. I have no sympathy for tennis players and tennis fans who whinge about crowds?
0: No, disagree. Depends what's being said. Like, if you're getting abused, I mean, or you know, somebody's talking while you're tossing the ball up to serve, I think there are limits. There are limits. Do you think, I, I watched the
3: Demon All game today, uh. and, it was no rowdier than any of his sure. crowds that support him when he's playing on outside yeah. courts in Australia, yeah. oh, which I, he doesn't do too often. Oh, I
0: did. We'll ask Brett Phillips about that, surely. Mm. Oh, I, I didn't see it, I have to say. Just as an aside, though, Stan Varinka did he complain about the temperature yeah. of uh, his the, water uh, he did. It's he. too cold. <laughs> That's This is what I talk about. Very, very, weird.
3: very precious. Um, I love my tennis. Yes. I'll sit down and watch French Open all night tonight, but, Gee whiz, some of the play and some of the fans <laughs> around it that support the, that go, that's right, they, you know, they shouldn't be able to be, be parochial. And I know they go, oh, well, there's a line. But, you know, when you're in that hyped-up atmosphere, that's good for the sport. Oh. I, I've never understood that. Anyway. Yeah.
0: Thank you, mate. Pleasure. 0457 736, 736 the Mad Russian with his football update and agree to disagree. Far out. It's gone two minutes after 11 Eastern Standard Time. How quick has this last hour got? We better clear a break because we're going to check in at Roland Garros with our tennis expert, Brett Phillips, after this. Final hour of the program, higher ground, a slightly abridged version this Wednesday night with live football action, as in soccer, football, with Barcelona too good for the A-League All-Stars, three goals to two in front of a... Magnificent crowd, 70,174 have shown up for that game at a core stadium at Olympic Park tonight. So well done to everyone involved for getting behind that fixture. In a moment, I'll speak to Brett Phillips with an update from the French Open. Uh, no luck for Alex Demon or John Millman today, unfortunately. At least still a couple of Aussies alive, though. Just before that, this was very funny. The BBC has been forced to apologise for broadcasting <laughs> the phrase Manchester United are rubbish... On his breaking news ticker. So you get these people that, that, you know, muck around, put funny ones, but forget to delete them. Very funny. So the words appeared between 9 and 10 a.m. on Tuesday during updates of the French Open. The network took more than two hours to acknowledge the gaffe, blaming it on a, quote-unquote, training error. A little earlier, some of you may have noticed something pretty unusual on the ticker that runs across the bottom of the screen with news making a comment about Manchester United, the host said. I hope that Manchester United fans weren't offended by it. Well, I am and I wasn't, because it was true. (laughs) Adding by way of explanation that behind the scenes, someone was training to learn how to use the ticker and to put text on the ticker, they were writing random things, not in earnest. (laughs) You buy that? You buy that? That was just totally random. That comment appeared, so apologies. And then somebody said, yes, it was wrong because it should actually be Manchester United is rubbish. <laughs> That's very, very good. Uh, just before we get to BP, sporting birthdays today, uh, born in 1897, Alan Kippax, Australian batsman, 22 tests, couple of hundreds for Australia, born in Sydney, 1897, died 1972. Gene Tunney, the great American boxer, world heavyweight champ from 1926 to 1930, born in New York, born today. 1898 the great bob shearer aussie golfer born 1948 the bear tony ronaldson basketballer born 1972 today the man who broke wallaby's hearts in 03 johnny wilkinson born today 1979 Uh, a couple of rugby league players for you the man that was not the bloke that was in earth wind fire phil bailey the Cronulla utility played a bit of origin born 1980 justin hodges born 1982 and one of the premier fast bowlers in world cricket, born today, 1995, Kagiso Rabada from South Africa, also born today. Australian swimmer Madeline Groves. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Okay, let's see what's happening on the clay court at Roland Garros with Brett Phillips. Thanks to our great friends at B Solar, let the sun pay for your electricity. Visit B Solar to learn more. Hello, BP.
2: Hello,
1: Jules. Uh, that- nice to uh, nice to chat to you.
0: Likewise, yeah. I know you're a fan of Kubler. You're on the Kubler train. Uh, he dropped the first couple of sets to the tenth seed Cam Norrie. He was up a break in the third, but now he's been broken back and broken again. And uh, he looks like he actually might have a break point in Norrie, sir, but Norrie looking to close this out in straight
1: sets. Yeah, he's just a just a better player. Look, uh, Jason's you know competed pretty well. He's he's been able to get some advantages at times. Uh, in the match, but every time he sort of had a little upper hand, uh, Norrie's been able to just work back. He, he's a he's a great story, Cam Norrie. What an interesting journey, you know. Uh. Born in uh, born in South Africa, resided in New Zealand for a long time, and now plays under the Great Britain banner. And I mean, last year was phenomenal, rising from about what seventy in the world to the world's top ten and winning some significant events. Um, he was never always. You know, certainly known uh, for any great exploits on the clay, but he's actually become a decent clay quarter. So there, look, a little bit of a goal for Jason uh, tonight. We thought that would be the toughest assignment on paper.
2: You know, our two women
1: are still to come tonight. Jules Isla Tomlinovic up against uh, Gracheva, uh, who normally would play under the Russian banner. So that's, you know, extremely winnable. Uh, she's 71 in the world, her opponent, Isla, after beating the fifth seed. And yeah. I don't I'll give Dasher a chance uh, against Petra Kvitova. I think she's a real chance to... Unsettled Petra, who's never been all that comfortable playing on the clay of uh, Roland Garros.
0: You mentioned there not well playing under the Russian banner. I know John Milman's had a bit to say in the lead-up to Wimbledon. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, just on, on Alex, you know what, he won that fourth set, six love against the local favourite Hugo Gaston and, and then dropped the, the final set in the tiebreaker. He had a bit to say, though, Alex, uh, not impressed with the crowd behaviour. Did you
1: think there was much in it? Well, look, this is, I mean, this is world sport, isn't it? Whether we see it, you know, we saw some of the etiquette questioned at the Australian Open this year. Uh. You know, fans, you know, I cover AFL down here, George, you go to the footy every week and you think, why are people booing? You know, why are people acting the way they are? You'll never be able to totally police that. I think the French, though, the French fans do uh, have a unique um, way that they follow their players. It, to me, stands out more than any of the other slams I've been to. It is parochial. It's a Davis Cup-type crowd football type crowd and yeah look at probably at times uh it's sort of you know it's in your face and you know you, 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 have, you have to play a five setter and deal with the crowd but I reckon if Alex had you know 10,000 in his pocket here um you know he wouldn't be complaining about that so and look I think just looking at his total comments he acknowledged well good you know good luck to Gaston I and mean, if you've got that crowd support he's had it in Sydney when he won his first ATP title and the ATP Cup but there is a line Um, there are fans though that certainly come to the tennis who probably don't understand the full etiquette of tennis. They're, you know, the theatre-goer type fan who just need to pick and choose their moments, probably a little bit better, some of them.
0: Yeah, no doubt. You know, it's interesting you you talk about the parochialism of French crowds. It it just took me back to the Davis Cup in 99, which was really, I guess, Philippousis' crowd in glory. I mean, knocking off Pialine in that live fifth set rubber with a really parochial crowd. But I, I just think, when it comes to Alex, especially off the back of what we saw with Aussie crowds this summer and how boorish that can be. I mean, yeah, you got to cop it, but sometimes maybe you just got to move on. John Millman, the thing about Johnny BP is that he, he's always very forthright, very opinionated, uh, which is what I love about him. Uh, I think he's got a point here, though. And he's come out and he said, well, you know, yep. Wimbledon's decision to ban Russian and Belarusian players is a discrimination and revealed that... Uh, he's a member of the player council, that they weren't even consulted when that decision Mm. was made.
1: Uh, Does he have a right to be angry? Oh, no doubt. Look, this is, it's an angry playing group at the moment. I mean, tennis is really divided. There's a lot of angst. um, The tours, Wimbledon, the playing group. um, It's incredible, isn't it? So, So Wimbledon enforced their decision and they've got every right to make their decision. But, you know they've also uh, intimated that you know obviously uh, they have to listen to the government, but was it the government, this is, I think this is John's point too last mm. night when he was speaking in press. was it the government who clearly told Wimbledon no Russian players, no Belarusian players, or was it recommended? And that's what um, uh, John would like Wimbledon to come out and say because if it was forced on Wimbledon, then the playing group might have a little bit more empathy for Wimbledon. And then there's no – I have no issue with the ATP and the WTA sort of responding because they felt like they had to, you know, step up and and protect the players who are going to be disadvantaged from not playing. So they banned rankings points. But now the the playing groups actually had time to digest it. They're saying, oh, hang on. God, the the vast majority of us are going to be competing at Wimbledon. And Mm. what are we actually competing for? Yes, we might win the Wimbledon trophy – but what if you're 80 in the world and you're going to win the Wimbledon Trophy? You could climb to 10 in the world with rankings. Yeah. With no rankings points, you're going to stay at 80. So it's, oh, it's
2: wow, inevitable.
1: it's just a yeah. It's, it's, a mess.
0: it's a cluster. Well, I mean, Osaka is one that I think has said could potentially walk. But then, you know, imagine a Lendl or, or Roddick or Muscles who's never won Wimbledon, right? It's the one that they wanted, they never got there. You'd imagine yeah. somebody in that boat would happily play to lift that yep. trophy, because I don't think you're losing any prestige if you don't garner any rankings points from winning the thing.
1: No, I think once the dust settles a little bit and the emotion comes out the next couple of weeks, I think a lot of the playing group will say, "Well, it's still my chance to win Wimbledon. I'm still getting paid. Yeah. Uh, if, if I have a good, if I have a good run, um, I'm still going to get, you know, obviously a huge check because it is the Slams." So, and they might look at that as a one-off and, you know, it's hopefully not going to be around 12 months' time. So, yeah, it's, look, it's a tricky situation, whichever oh. angle you look at.
0: Uh, what about some of the other big names in action today and those that have survived? I noticed Tsitsipas uh, uh, was tested.
1: He was, yeah. Two sets to love down against Musetti. Who, and 12 months ago, the young Italian uh, was, what, two sets to love up on Djokovic in a uh, fourth round or a quarterfinal. And, uh, he just sort of retired late in the game, and he uh, he still he's sort of a bit of learning to do how to play five setters. But yeah, Pass gets out of that. Uh, Emma Raducanu has been knocked out uh, mm. today. I mean, every match sort of has been scrutinised pretty heavily since the U.S. Open last year. And yeah, Sasnovich uh, beat her. Angie Kerber's got through. Maria Sakkari's just dropped the first set in her match uh, live at the moment. With all those big uh, women's seeds falling, when Sakkari's right in the frame to possibly win the title. But uh, Carolina Mukava, we always have nightmares of Mukava because she knocked out Ash Barty in the yes. centre of the AO a couple oh, of years ago. Man, we didn't but... like that result. Yeah, so that's, a, that's an interesting watch over the next hour because if we lose Sakari, um, gee, Iga Fiontek, if she hasn't got two hands already lifted in the air with a trophy um, already, she will definitely if Sakari goes out.
0: I was just going to ask you, what's your take on um, Anna Samova? She beat Asaka. It's something about her clay court form that I think warrants attention.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, she made that semi uh, against Ash going back when Ash won it in 2019. And, you know, she was doing extraordinary things at 17, 18 years of age. And then COVID hit and she tragically lost her father and sort of just lost a bit of her mojo. But she's come back. I mean, she's a, uh, she's a terrific ball striker mm-hmm. and she's got real presence out on court. So. Yeah, I've got no doubt. Uh, I think you know, Darren Carr was doing a little bit of work with her at um the start of the year. I've got no doubt she's heading towards, you know, being a permanent sort of top 10 player at, at some point. She um she's got sort of big game performer written all over her.
0: Okay, what do we look forward to in the next day or two, BP?
1: Well, hopefully some uh some Aussie success. I mean, the Dales coming up later this morning, so it's another uh, interesting watch with Rafa Physically, he's got uh, Moutet, of course, the Frenchman who beat Beverinka in the first round, so it's a, a tough one. Carlos Elcaraz will be playing uh, a little bit uh, later on in the next few hours. So I think that side of the draw is the absolute watch, you know, with Nadal and, and Djokovic in that same sort of uh, section to play possibly in a quarter final and then Elkaraz at the bottom of that draw to meet one or the other in the semi if they all sort of <clears throat> go through to the business end. So that's where my eyes are going to be focused. We had a lot of Aussies in the doubles. A lot of them have gone out today. But mm. yeah, we can only hope Isla. I'd love to see Isla keep going because you know, if she can have her best run, then she might creep you know, inside the top thirty for the first time in the rankings, which is where I think she should be. Yeah, it'd be very nice. Varenka,
0: uh, the one that didn't like the temperature of the water. Like, yeah. I, I mean, oh, no. are you serious? Come on, Stanley! I mean, come on! <laughs> the world's smallest violin playing for a man mm. that's won three of the four slams, earns millions of dollars, and's got a backhand. Yeah. We can only dream about hitting. Oh, sorry, BP, yeah, before no. I let you go. Some, some really lovely tributes I saw for the retirement of uh, Joe Wilfred Songer. He's one of my favourite players back then. I love the way he played tennis. And, you know, the stars never quite aligned, but it, he had – and yeah. obviously he was in an era of, of some of the all-time grace. Yeah. But, uh, gee, he had, he had the ability, if everything worked out, to win a slam, I thought.
1: It's funny with the French, you know, they've always had a stack of players inside the top 100. I mean, they all walked out last night, Monfils and Gasquet and mm. Benoit Paire and all these other guys. They're all being talented. But still, Yannick, Snower, just Yannick Noah, just yeah. smoking the pipe, uh, having won it back in 83. None <laughs> yeah. of them have been good enough to win a major. Yeah. Although, you'd say all these guys who have been in the top 100 in the Djokovic, Nadal, Federer era are probably a tad unlucky because, you know, maybe a couple of them would have broken through because they've always had the flair, the charisma, the yeah. style. Uh, Joe Wilfred, what a career. Yeah, I mean, you know, Australian yeah. Open final, um, five in the world. He's made a good quid out of the sport. Uh, he always had a smile on his face. He loved he to get did. airborne. He was an entertainer. He was great about him. Yeah, he looked like a young Cassius
0: Clay. It's nice and late, BP. Thank you. Great with your time as always. We'll let you go and we'll catch you across the course of the day on SEN tomorrow. Thanks, Jules. Good on you, mate. Thank Pleasure. you. Pleasure up there is Brett Phillips. You hear him here, our tennis expert, of course, host of the First Serve. It is not to be missed. BP, to catch on the Nine Network as well. And, of course, here's thanks to B Solar. Let the sun pay for your electricity. Visit B Solar. That is us done and dusted for a Wednesday night. Thank you, everybody, for keeping me company on high ground this evening. Thank you to the Mad Russian. Thank you to our callers and our texters. And thank you to Brett Phillips as well. Back to do it all again on Friday. Right here on high ground.